Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. This is Curve America. I'm your host, Chris Ross, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Marco Charla and Tad Burns. How are you guys doing on Halloween? Ooh, very scary podcast we have going on here, all the goblins and ghouls. <laughs> I, uh, I had a great Halloween weekend. I feel like it, this freaking Halloween's been lasting forever. Yeah, that's the question. Uh, how long do you guys typically celebrate? We know the bars, it's like a two and a half week uh, event, but how, how would you guys say uh, Halloween should last? Well, a couple things here. Since the ep- it's Monday night when recording, it's actually Halloween and the podcast will come out on Wednesday. I'm going to go that I'm going to celebrate Halloween through Wednesday, <laughs> um, if not to just throw everybody off. But the weird thing, too, is like, you know, yeah, it's been like a Halloween week and I've seen costumes for like the past week, but I'm also now this year seen like Christmas ads on before Halloween's even happen. Yeah. So I'm totally thrown off as to, you know, what's what's the protocol right. as to what, as how long Halloween's being celebrated. Should you be drinking peppermint uh, lattes or is it still uh, pumpkin spice season? Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally thrown off. I mean, I saw the pumpkin spice lattes and I'm like, it's still 90 degrees outside and now it's cold. And should I be in a costume? I don't know. I just know that it's $3 Chipotle burritos tonight. <laughs> Well, as far as uh, costumes go, Tad, have you dressed up as a Cubs fan? You got your Cubbies in the World Series. I I will. I, I want to look like Joe Madden's son because I want Joe Madden to be my dad. That's Not a- like my dad, like replace my dad, dad. Like my dad is the man, so he's still like top dad. I just want another dad. And that other dad is Joe Madden. I want two other dads. The other one's Bill Murray. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You got Eddie Vedder to choose from with uh, an epic uh, take me out to the ball game last night. And, and Bill Murray. That was impressive. I saw that. Favorite uncle. Um, Bill Murray, yeah. Yeah. I'll t- I, so I'm going to have three dads. It's going to be a sitcom. Um, and uh, I'll take Eddie Vedder as the uncle. That that make a great sitcom. Tad and Tad and the, the famous Cubs fans. Yeah. Chicago Full House. <laughs> And then uh, rounding it out, Marco was up in New York City for uh, Halloween. Guys, New York City is crazy. I think everybody knows New York City is crazy, but on Halloween, that place is live. And I or the be, Saturday before Halloween. I'd be reminisce. <laughs> I didn't necessarily have a, a lavish costume, but uh, I did have to go ahead and buy myself a nice bomber jacket and some tight sweatpants while I was up there because I, I just felt like I needed to fit in a little bit better. What was the costume? So my costume was blackmail, and uh, I was just wearing a black shirt with a basically a, a fake post-it and then a to and from uh, a misspelled Hillary from the deplorables. Oh, I get right. it. And you're also a male dressed in black. There it is. I don't know. It's it's, it's 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 it, how many entendres can we throw on on Marco's costume? Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna get maybe we can get the Pythagorici onto this one. Yeah. My favorite costume uh, I've seen uh, walking around, I saw a guy just like zero effort. Um, he uh, he just put a sign on it and said, nudist on strike. He was just wearing regular clothes. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. Favorite costumes? I'm going to throw this one in there. Of your of your lifespans, what what has been your favorite costume? I have two. Well, I have, I have three. All right, I'm just going to dominate this whole thing. One, I went as a Frenchman. I had a beret, striped shirt, tight pants. 
and uh, I carried around um, a, a baguette bread all night when handed out to people, and I always had a cigarette and, and red wine, and um, I would talk in this French accent, and I would call people swan, and your American culture is terrible, and like this was in Iowa City, Iowa, and people <laughs> were furious with me. Yeah. Like guy, guy dressed up like Gumby is mad at me because I'm like insulting America. I'm like, hey, hey, man. I'm dressed like a French guy. I'm just right. doing like the, the arrogant Frenchman uh, 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 whole bit and everything. Two, um, Leslie and I went as Richie and Margot Tannenbaum last year. We had the costume aces sorted out like 45 minutes before. It was like four days before. And three, I saw a guy going as Jack Burton um, from Big Trouble in Little China. All right. Have you paid your dues, sir? <laughs> it was, have you paid your dues? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail, and Marco doesn't get that one either. <laughs> the best costume I saw was—it's uh, kind of a shout out. Actually, I didn't really know the couple, but they did a really good job. The girl was kind of petite, and the guy was a little bit taller. And he dressed up as a tree, and she was a koala, and she was just like wrapped up on him. <laughs> that's clever. I was like, Damn. that's clever. It's like that's not—that's not bad. My favorite one was uh, last year. No chance Marco gets this one either. Uh, but uh, Vincent Laguardia Gambini. Yes. Uh, there's a, there's a, a friend of a friend is uh, from Long Island, and she wanted to be Mona Lisa Vito from... This is from My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, he's seen it. All right, he gets a movie <laughs> reference. Um, uh, but that was my favorite. I wore, like, the red suit that, like... Because Vinny's suit was uh, um, in the in the mud. Uh, that was a fun one. We actually won an award for that one, so... I think Joe good. Pesci should go as Danny DeVito one year, or Danny DeVito should go as <laughs> Joe Pesci. Versa. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Or just Danny DeVito walks around with a baseball bat. <laughs> well, happy ha- Halloween, everybody out there. Uh, be safe and enjoy it. And uh, happy Thanksgiving before Merry Christmas. Just yeah. keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Can't miss Thanksgiving. That's yeah. the best one. Um, all right. Before we begin, we want to do social media. We're, we're out there on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Curve America, all one word. And uh, also thoughts and comments. We got an email set up, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast. Uh, but let's talk about some serious soccer, guys. How about that? Table shaping up. Some players are shining and others are fading. That's about right in uh, week 11. We got some good storylines. So uh, why don't we jump right into the rundown? This week, we had 20 games, one of our favorite type of weeks, right, guys? Uh, 20 games to break down with the midweek games. So we had midweek and weekend games, a lot of good Serie A action, good storylines. Some questions uh, need to be answered. Number one, Juventus. Are they the clear best team in Serie A? We'll find out after going over the results this week. We saw Roma stumbling to Empoli after destroying Sassuolo midweek in in, uh, week 10. And then Inter goes as Icardi goes, and we've seen that. Uh, he, he did well in midweek, but then uh, not so great over the weekend. Starting to question whether DeBoer is going to be there. Is he going to last, uh, or, or is he done uh, on the hot seat? And then Atalanta takes all six points. And again, R-O-C-K in the cro oh, I screwed it up. In the Crotone. R-O-C-K in the Crotone. Well done, Tad. Uh, <laughs> like that one a lot. Uh, they finally get some a three-point win. Well done, Patagarici. The mathematical salad garnishes celebrate their first Serie A victory. Well done. So we'll start. Uh, we're not going to do all of Week 10, but we do want to mention a few highlights uh, from, from the midweek. Uh, we're going to start off with Genoa and Milan. Uh, Milan gets destroyed after getting a big result in Week 9. What did you guys think of this game? 
Well, I think the question is, is, you know, how does Genoa pull off and, you know, kind of an upset of this magnitude? And I really think that, you know, from the Genoa perspective, this is this is a type of game that they can win a midweek game uh, coming off of a playing a team that has, you know, a, a short amount of rest. Now, Milan is not playing in Europe this year, um, so, you know, they don't have that extra uh, a tournament going with them uh, to kind of tire them out. But Genoa is a team that, you know, likes to play defense. They like to possess the ball. They like to keep it away from you. They rely on the aggressive nature of their defensive mid and, and, their, and their fullbacks. And, you know, a team like Milan that, you know, maybe just ran out of gas the previous weekend and, and, and the run they've been going on, you know, if they're if if Genoa can get them to chase, they can hold it back. Now the big thing they, they can they can kind of tire Milan out, but the big thing is them scoring three goals. I think they just caught Milan flat footed and were able to knock three in. Just, yeah, just spent after beating Juventus, and that's that's that. Yeah, and and you know Milan needs its goal scorers to come through because you know they've been getting lifted from players in other positions, youngsters against Milan. They you know Locatelli. Uh, but they really need their 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 strikers to step up, and I, we'll even be talking about that later on in the pod here. The other game uh, for midweek, uh, Inter and Torino. Uh, the the famous man Icardi actually had a good game in this one. What what did you guys see with uh, Inter and Torino? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that Inter goes as Icardi goes, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But he is he is a dominant talent. And if he can get service um, and if he can have his wingers and his midfielders playing like they did this past uh, uh, in this game with uh, Banega, who is actually one of the top five players in all of the major five leagues and chances created um, and um, playing up to his potential and he can get the ball, you know, we're in a dangerous position from a goal. He's, he's going to knock it out. Just don't give him to as a penalty shot. Yeah. You know, again, big inconsistencies from Torino. They got a huge result against Roma. Then they tied OTFR, uh, and then they go and lose to Inter. So you know that even though Torino is 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 really the darling of Serie A this year, uh, they are still trying to figure themselves out because you know you need to be able to get more consistent results uh, if you're going to expect to beat Inter uh, at home. Yeah. Um expecting bigger things from Torino just didn't didn't pan out in this game the banners though in yeah. the stadium man they're still all over Icardi certainly a story uh he gets a little bit of a reprieve both both he and uh DeBoer I think you know they get a result so they survive but as we'll see this week uh it, it's it really is week to week or game to game for them maybe he can get I'm sorry tattooed somewhere on his <laughs> sleeve he's out of room no way <laughs> Uh, so, th- so those are the kind of the highlights on week 10, but, but we appreciate, hey, look, the table's already different because we've, we just played the week 11 games this weekend. So we're going to jump right into that, and after this weekend, there's no better way to, to, to start with the game of the week, which was Juventus-Napoli. Ooh. Definitely had this one circled since probably summer that this was going to be a big game. These two clashes are going to be two of the best games of the year, no matter what, anytime they play each other. Yep, but but plus all the extra drama because Iguain going to Juventus, this is you know where the two meet. You know uh, he he uh, went up to Juventus uh, to play. This game was held up in uh, Torino, and uh, let's jump right into it, guys. What did you see with uh, uh, Juventus and Napoli? Bonucci scored a rocket launcher uh, inside the six, 
And, you know, Bonucci is always doing this. He just gets these incredible goals. We all know that he is a, a super talent in the center back. He's one of the best passing center backs in the world. But he also has like two or three of these beautiful goals and finishes throughout the season. It's, you know, without question going to happen in the big games. He did it against Roma when he volleyed it like a couple seasons ago out of the air off a corner kick. Always seems to happen. And it was, uh, it was off a poor clearance from my man uh, Gollum. Or Schmiegel. Schmiegel. Uh, so, but then, you know, in seeing it gets uh, Napoli back into the game, like a good game, you have back and forth. And in seeing it drops a dime to Callejon Totti style, kind of across the Whoop body. Whoop Totti style. That's right. Uh, but, you know, it wouldn't be the clash of giants if, you know, the story boy, fat boy G, rolling up, fresh off a hot cup of tiramisu <laughs> and scores the game-winning goal. I'm just glad he didn't celebrate. Yeah, I mean, before we get to that, which I think is a very valid question, what I saw from this game is I saw Juventus and Napoli playing in Juventus Stadium, and Napoli came for the win. They they came, they played hard, their team, you know, gelled. I thought they were very impressive, and I thought that they matched Juventus, and Juventus was playing at a high level as well. And I think what this boils down to is it took the best player in Serie A to step up, and score the game winner, and it feeds into so many great things about this whole this whole game and the whole storyline of this team is because Iguain, you know, took his thirty six goals up to Napoli, and Napoli desperately needed a result. They needed to at least get some points from this to keep pace with that kind of that second group of teams that are chasing Juventus. And Iguain, you know, drops a hammer on him. He finds himself in a beautiful position right in front of goal, knocks it in. End over, you know, game over, end of story, dagger in the heart of his old team. But, you know, he uh, didn't celebrate. And it begs the question, you know, if you are Fat Boy G, after all the thing that's going on, do you celebrate that goal? I think it's important that uh, the game was up in Juventus. Um, I don't know. I kind of fall along the lines of, look, he made a decision. We were reading in the summer that probably some of it had to do with uh, being called Il Chiatone by the Napoli president, the, the fat chubby one. Hey, look, it's a business, right? And he decided that that was enough to, to make him move, that go Aww. up to Juventus and and, and So you'd celebrate? Play. I would think I would be more inclined Aww. to celebrate up in Juventus, but if you're going to pull a classy move like that down in Napoli, don't celebrate in front of those fans. I think that's fair. I but, don't know. I don't know. You know, honestly... Last season and in past couple of seasons, one would argue that Iguain was kind of the heart and soul of Napoli. You know, I know their captain was always Hamsik, but Iguain lifted the team. He broke the goal scoring record. He he let the fans dream is what it comes down to. He let them believe and he let them dream, and so he left. I don't know if I would say that he is the best player in Serie A. He certainly was the most expensive transfer. And so, you know, he comes in and out of games and always scores goals. Uh, but look, you don't celebrate when you score against a team uh, that you were the main guy at for three seasons. I just don't I, I'm I against don't that. I, I, I got to get my two cents on this one. I think it's an oversensitivity. Now, yeah, it's one thing to, you know, run to the other to the opposing team's fans, rub it in their face, yeah. go over the top, it'd be completely unnecessary as the, you know, as, you know, tear his shirt off, you know, do some sort of 
You know who did that? It was Adebayor when he when he moved uh, from Arsenal. He did, he did that. But, Igu- but Iguain, you know, he didn't leave Napoli as some spring chicken. He stayed there for years and years and years. And as he progressed and got better and better with the with the Napoli jersey, he he didn't. He, there's tons of transfer rumors about him. Him leaving, going to the Premier League. Him leaving and and, and you know and and going to the Spanish league. Him going to PSG. All these things, but he stayed through that. And his last season there, he scores 36 goals. And you know what? If you're Napoli, he did his part. So, you know, if you want him to stay, win more games. Do better for him. If he wants to decide to go to Juventus because that's where his, his best chance to win as he's pushing 30, I think it's totally his right to do that, especially with all this crap in the press around, especially like the mayor of Naples saying that he's going to need a bodyguard and all that kind of stuff. To me... That snaps the olive branch. And if you want to take it a step further and be Iguain and make this, you know, quote unquote classy move by not celebrating, that's fine. But if it were me, I just scored the game winner against Naples, you know, for my new team. I think running over, pumping my chest, getting all fired up in front of my fans is not out of line. Agree to disagree. All right, guys, good job on the game of the week for week 11. So for the podcast listeners, we it's our favorite week, like we said at the top. Uh, we're going to do a little experimenting here because it's so much to cover. We're going to give this a shot. We're going to cover the first six teams of Serie A in the table, then break down the middle of the pack, and then finish off with the bottom of the table. And so f- for the first up, we're going to start, of course, with Juventus. They got 27 points to lead everybody. The question stands, guys. Is Juventus clearly the best team in Serie A? Well, look, before Roma played this this uh, this week, they had a chance to be two points away from Juventus. So I think that this is a you know very, very uh, important question because, yeah, they have a four-point lead on second place right now. Yes, they only have eight goals scored against them. Um but again, it's not it's not a blow away like we're used to seeing with Juventus, uh, and really, it, for me, it comes down to yes, you know, we're seeing the same Juventus because they are able to bounce back from a loss. Uh, two ga- a couple games ago, they were playing against Inter, and everybody was thinking, okay, you know, like Juventus, like what like what's going on here? And then they're able to bounce back and get results. Then they lose against Milan. And you're like, okay, like what's going to happen now? Like is Juventus like getting kicked off the throne? No, then they win their next two games. I mean, so we're watching a team that is showing that they're still the same team that's been winning the championships. And I say that you see this through the consistency of how they rebound off of poor matches. I say this, this Juventus team is winning in a similar way that they have won the last... Uh, five Scudetti. They beat the every team that they should beat. And occasionally they might drop points to a high team. And I mean, last year, they, did they lose? Did they drop points to anybody that they shouldn't have dropped points to? And so, yeah, you know, they've only won one out of the last three against the quote unquote big teams. You know, they lost both of the Milan games and now they've just beat Napoli. But Napoli is a better team than AC Milan yeah. and Inter Milan. So, 
you know, you'd like to, I, I think it's taken a little bit longer than we would think for this team to gel because they're so star studded. But if we're looking around at teams that if, if, if it's not Juventus, who is it? It would be Roma. It would be Napoli. Napoli, star-studded, Roma, star-studded. But look at this team that Na- that Juventus has. Sandro, Dybala, he's hurt. Dani Alves, Pjanic, Cuadrado, Iguain. Benati is the backup center back. Chiellini, yeah. you know, Lamina, Kadira, Banucci, uh, uh, Marquisio's back. Patrice Everest rides the bench. You know, I mean, Asamoah, who was so good at the beginning of the year, now he came in fine playing time. You know, uh, uh, Licksteiner, like every single one of these guys on their bench would start on every single other team in the Serie A. So is are they clearly the best team? Yeah. Can they get beaten? Yeah. But they also, I think, you know, in terms of Serie A, they have their eyes on the Champions League a little bit. And I, I think that we can expect them to be a tough out no matter what. Yeah, I I agree with the Juventus is just I don't know I think they're above and beyond. Uh, I think they can be beat like like Tad you know like you said, but uh, I don't know they're 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 just so above and beyond. They're always prepared, you know, and and so jumping into the next levels, I I think you start seeing parity with the rest of the league. Roma, we're gonna jump into now with twenty three points. Yes, they're right there, four points behind, but you know they're they're. They're not Juventus. It's just it's apparent they're not Juventus. They're not. They're really not. Uh, and it's going to be even tougher to be like Juventus when you have injuries to players like Florenzi. Uh, it's devastating. You know, you got a player like Florenzi that is clearly loved not only by his own team, but, you know, by everybody in Italy because he's, you know, part of the heart and soul of the national team, too. Uh, Roma was able to beat Sassuolo 3-1 earlier in the, in the week. Uh, but then this is the reason why they're not Juventus. They go and drop th- two points to Empoli. After dominating them, they can't get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it begs a question then because, you know, Roma, If let's, let's say Roma pulls it off. They win the Scudetto this year. It's a clear upset. And it's going to be one, us as Roma fans watching the whole way are going to be holding our breath the entire season as we are. I mean, right now we're just hoping that they can stay within one game of Juventus so that game that they play against Juventus, they can perhaps springboard them so they can win out just like Juventus. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? What does Roma need to do to keep the pressure on Juventus? I think that's it, to just keep winning, you know. But again, the parity level, to compare like the top, the, the second place and the third place teams, right? Roma and Milan. They both dropped points to teams they should have beat. For Roma, it was Empoli this week, and then Milan, after beating Juventus in Week Nine, Week Ten they lose to Genoa badly. That you can't have that if you're going to compete with Juventus. So in order to compete with Juve, you know, like you said, Tad, Juve loses to Inter and AC Milan probably because of the historical element of things, yeah, like their the big excitement teams. of the games. Yeah. yeah. But away there, both games too. You th- know. There is no excuse for Roma to draw uh, Empoli. There's just no. If you're a serious contender for the Scudetto, all right. Skorupski had a great game, uh, just standing on his head. But even that, you, you you can't have that if you're really challenging Juventus. Well, and then it's also you're getting kind of what you're getting right now. You're getting the goals like Roma is the top goal scoring team they're kind of doing the right things they have the top goal scorer in the in the league so their forwards are 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 performing but then again 
they, you can't expect that the league comes down to Juve Roma at the end of the season, third to last game of the season. That's when it's going to be decided. No, no, no. You got to do everything right and put yourself in a situation where that game you may expect to lose, but that's not going to be the game, the the breaker. That's not going to make yeah. you win the league because if you if you, if that's the thing game you put up on a pedestal. You're not taking care of the of the younger the smaller teams. Well, look at this way. You want to think about the, you know the the difference between these two teams is four points right now, and we look at the difference of this, these two teams or Juventus and the and Napoli last year. It's that Juventus beats Empoli and takes three points, and the other teams get one. And if you add that out over the course of the entire season, what do you have? A 10, 15 point landslide. I mean, it's it's not that the second the, that the second and third teams aren't great and that they don't put out great point totals. Two years ago, Roma had 90 points. Just Juventus had 100 because they take care of business against teams they should take care of. Jekko this week, Nets another brace for Roma. He's got 10 goals. Real quick, guys. I got to go. I got to know, is Jekko for real? Are we, are, are, we, are we past? Is he for real or is he just hot? I'm going with he's hot. I, I want to cheer for him. He's capo cannonieri. But, uh, you know, I've just seen so many replays where, like, you know, in the slow-mo, you're like, did he really mean to put it there or did it just go there? You know, on the shots that go into the corner and stuff. It's, uh, I, I, he just doesn't, it's kind of like Eli Manning with the Giants. Like, when he throws the ball, you're, you're like, it, it might not be an interception. It might go. That's how I feel with, with Checo. Like, okay, hopefully it ends up where, where he wants it to go. Hey, man, Team Checo, 2016. You know that I've been with him uh, since the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, I think Jekko's for real because he's doing all the little things besides scoring goals. He's holding up the ball. He's really hard to move off the ball. He has, I mean, the game against uh, uh, Sassuolo, he had some excellent crosses to the other field, you know, to kind of give himself more space. I think he's doing all the little things, which is giving him confidence to score goals. Team Jekko, 2016 Marco, podcast high five. I, I wanted to hear for him. Hope, hopefully it stays <laughs> and his confidence continues to you grow. You pessimist, Chris Ross. Chris Ross, the boss. I, uh, yeah. All right, let's jump out down to uh, Milan, our, our third in the table. They got 22 points. Uh, we've talked about them a little bit uh, with a 3 nothing loss to Genoa in the midweek game. And then week 11, they squeaked by against Pescara with a one nothing win. Question for the group, guys. Does Milan belong in the top three, or are they the first in the middle of the pack? In other words, the beginning of parody for Serie A. That was beautiful, Chris. You yeah, like that? that. Parody, nice. right? Yeah. Hot word of the day? Yeah. No, they're not. They're they don't belong in the top three. They've been doing well, and I'm excited for them. Uh, but again, you can't lean on uh, the player if you're getting your all your goals from the youngsters. And uh, this week, uh, a super nice goal with from Bonaventura to win against Pescara, and then you lose three nothing to to Genoa again without consistency against the smaller teams, without your big players coming out. And, and and performing no you're not going to be the top three a top three team at the end of the season period i want to believe milan is real and i want to believe this because their team was such a mess coming into the season and there were such big question marks as to how montella was going to bring this team together and i do believe that in the syria uh, you can have a great coach through sheer will pull a team and you know, pull a team up and have them compete at a high level. And let's not forget, 
Milan has a great team. They have a lot of really good players. Um, <clears throat> but the one thing that gives me trepidation about how good is this Milan team, are they a Champions League team, is their defense. Their defense gives up three goals to Genoa. Their defense, if you go through the season so far, has times where you know they give up three goals to Sassuolo. Well, they'll give up two, three goals like that. And I think that that's too big of a hole for them to win some games. Yeah, they had a miraculous comeback against Sassuolo, but it's going to be too hard for them to maintain um, the level that they're at right now, especially when they're strikers that sometimes go away. And I think when your strikers go away sometimes and your defense is playing poorly, that's something that the coach really can't do a whole lot about. And I think that at the end of the day, they would have to stay unholy hot for them to be able to finish in the top four, especially the way some of the teams behind them are playing right now. Yeah, watching uh, just the Week 11 highlights with Piscara, I, I thought, uh, you know, like, Tad, to your point, they have good strikers. Bon- Bonaventura had a great game. Niang had a good game. Baca missed a couple good shots. Niang so is the man. He really had, you know... Yeah, that good- Piscara goalie had a Christ-like performance is, is the only way to describe that. And, you know, Baca's four-goal scoring drought, he should have had a couple that game. Yeah, and and the goal that did go in, uh, Bonaventura, it's it's a free kick that goes underneath the wall, and I love and the, the only guy, the only way it got through is because it goes with the one guy that jumped. Yeah, um, uh, the the goalkeeper name, great name for uh, anyone Italian uh, for Piscar is Bizzotti. and just as a, as a former goalkeeper, man, it's just a soul crushing goal to go in. He's he had a great game, other than that, but it breaks through your wall and then you give it up. Um, so yeah, uh, for Milan, I, for the question, I, I got to think that you know they're the, the table could swing so much. I don't think that they're gonna remain here. I, I really do think that they're uh, gonna be somewhere between three to three to nine on this table. They're they're not a, yeah. a consistently yeah, you could top. Be, three. I, I could not. I could be not surprised if they're sixth. I could be not surprised if they're eighth. I could be not surprised if they're fourth, but I think they're really going to have to keep it together. And I'm pulling for Montella to do well for Milan, um, but it's, it's going to be tough for them to finish in the top three or four. All right, moving on uh, to our fourth place team is uh, the other team from Rome, OTFR. They've who? Got, they've, the other team from Rome. I've never you know who these. they are. I've never heard of these You people. know. They're the, the, this is the top of the table segment? The uh, Bianco Celesti. Tell you what, yeah. Um, yeah, so for week 10, they went 4-1. They beat Cagliari. And then in week 11, 2-1 versus Sassuolo. Uh, pretty even game for the, for the stats in, in week 11. But, but the question for you guys, they're in fourth place. They're only one, way, uh, one win away from being in second place. So there's that uh, parity that we've been talking about. Marco, what are your thoughts with uh, OTFR? I mean, the only thoughts that you, know, you can have on this team right now is my man Ciro Immobile, and he's only my man because he's on the Italian national team too. But he is just dumping goals into the net right now. I mean, he's got this nine, is the best he's ever played. He's yeah. got nine goals in the league, second to Jekyll, uh, and he's got two wingers, attacking wingers in Keita and Anderson, who are young, fast, and make dangerous plays or make dangerous moments for him to capitalize on he scores bicycle kicks he scores headers against his his old team he scores you know he scores against everybody and and quite frankly for 
if OTFR has 21 points right now and is two points away from second place, it is purely because of this man. Yes, they've been getting good performances from Parolo in the midfield. Villa has been injured. He comes back in the Sassuolo game. They're talking about renewals. So things are going well right now for OTFR. I personally think they're riding a wave. The other thing with Chiri Mobile, I don't know if you guys have seen with social media. Um, I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend or, or what, but dude plays a lot of video games. <laughs> He's just like, there's multiple videos of like him and, you know, his girlfriend is beautiful, right? Uh, uh, and just, he completely is just focused on like FIFA or or some driving game or something like Life of a footballer, man. That's uh, that's hey, what's going Pirlo on. Used to play, Pirlo and Nesta used to go back to the, after training and play hours and hours. And they had a, a head-to-head. I think Pirlo was, uh, had the head-to-head on Nesta. But you're like, these were older players. So yeah. life of a footballer. Yep. Uh, other highlights for OTFR, guys? Uh, um, any other players? that I, I did notice. Uh, so we've already mentioned Immobile got one here. Uh, Lulic got an, a, a goal too, but Keita, have we talked about him at all? Well, Keita, we discussed him with with him and Anderson as being kind of the strike force throughout the podcast or throughout the season on the podcast. We've talked about you know the skill of Felipe Anderson. We've started to bring in Keita in the past few weeks and Shiri Mobile, which at the beginning of the season we had high hopes for in terms of his abilities. You know how was that going to was how was that going to spill over considering a disappointing season last year. Um, I think what we're seeing right now is these three players are really gelling and they're able to, to put in a lot of pressure and score a lot of goals. And I think one thing that you can predict about the Syria A, you know, you, you, you can you can predict it like the sun coming up in the morning and going down at night is that if you're a hot score goal, goal scoring team scoring six goals over the course of two games, defensive minded teams are going to come in and find ways to shut down your attack. Um, if you're dy- if the d- dynamic nature of your attack is only three or four people being able to play at a high level. So OTFR, I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. Definitely. Don't they? But they play Napoli this week, so that will be a true test. If, uh, uh, if they can take advantage of a Napoli team that might be reeling after a loss from Juventus, uh, you know, maybe, maybe then I'll, I'll be singing a different tune. But we've been talking about how they've been relying a lot on Chiri Immobile. Um, especially again, if he gets hurt, this could be a team that's in trouble. All right. Well then let's, uh, segue into that. We got Napoli up next. They got 20 points, um, midweek game. They took care of business again against Empoli two nothing. Uh, and then week 11, obviously, uh, the big game, uh, game of the week with Juventus. Um, any more thoughts? Uh, we, we've covered Napoli yeah, pretty good. Where but, do they go from here? Yeah. I think would probably be the, the the big question right now. Well, and we like you just said, they play OTFR next week, and how exciting is it that we get to see right now the third and fourth team play in a game that could swing either team into second place and hot on Juve's tails? I mean, honestly, these two these are two teams that you know are are have really good talents on their squads everybody's eyes are on are on these two teams and you got napoli that is honestly kind of stacked but then otfr that is kind of relying on on one player to 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 drag them forward and so like tad said you know if they're able to figure out Chiro Immobile, and it's not like teams have it in the past, I think Napoli's going to have a very easy game, and they're going to leapfrog OTFR. Yeah, Napoli plays at home, 
And Napoli's got to be a little PO that a couple that last week they were in second place and everyone was talking about them as, you know, they're, they're leading their group in Champions League, talking about them as one of the top, you know, 10, 15 teams in Europe. And they wake up this morning and they're going to get to play the team that just jumped them for third place. Look out. Katie, bar the door. Here comes here comes the Napoleotans. All right. So, yeah, now we're... Uh... Starting with the, the first team that's a bit of a shocker for being here. We got Atalanta with 19 points. Yeah, and Atalanta, this is a team that's won three in a row and five out of their last six. And this is after they got beat by Cagliari and Palermo. So they've seemed to be able to turn it around. And I'm looking at this team. I mean, uh, Kurtic uh, scores a brace um, in this past weekend's game. Um, and, you know, he's kind of a senior citizen on this team. I mean, he's, he's 27 years old. And Atalanta is doing this the way that they've, they've always kind of done it. I mean, look at this team. The youth of Atalanta is really gelling together. You have Roberto Gagliardini, who had a great game this past weekend. He's 22. They have Petania, 21. They have uh, Mattia Caldara, 22. They have Andrea Conti, 22. And those are just the Italians. We haven't even mentioned the Frenchman himself, Mame, or he's not French, he's, he's African. Yeah, he's African. I think he's from Ivory Coast. Well, my man Frank Kessie comes in at 19 years old. Um, you know, out of this team, what has surprised you about this Atalanta team so far? Well, look, I think uh, it kind of, with the same, you know, the ongoing theme of, of this season so far, is you have a ton of teams who ride waves and it's they show some inconsistencies. We honestly, three weeks ago, we're talking about Atalanta as being trash, <laughs> you know, trash of the trash. But here they are getting big well, time if, results. If, if, if you get if you get punked by Calgary and Palermo, you're gonna get talked about as trash of the trash. But look, I mean, they still have 19 points and they're in Europa League, which goes to show you that again, they're just inconsistent. But they've had some crazy results in the last couple weeks. I think that. Atalanta will not be hanging around the first six very long. Yeah, I agree with Marco. I, I honestly, I feel like this is Kievo's spot to be had. A team like that, that you know, nah, man, I got to be off Kievo. I'm on Atalanta yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I just, I feel like there's better teams out there. Atalanta has a great run, but uh, particularly like if you're losing to Palermo, <laughs> what the heck? Uh, Shouldn't be that way. But since losing to Palermo, they beat the mightiest of the mighty in Crotone. I mean, they beat Napoli. They <laughs> drew Fiorentina. They beat Inter to start Inter's collapse. They beat Pescara, and they beat Genoa, a team that just beat Milan 3-0 by taking advantage of what they saw in the Milan team. Gasparini, to me, is, is the big surprise of this team, um, that... You know, he's been kind of a journeyman. Um, he's coached some kind of lackluster teams in the past, and he's come in and for some reason been able to tap into this this youth, this talent, put together a team that's strong in the midfield going forward. Um, but I have to agree with you guys. Atalanta is great at 19 points. they got to be really happy with where they are. they got to maintain. They are riding a wave of great confidence. But I think it's going to be really hard to be a European team out of Serie A when your team is based with so much youth that can, at the end of the day, be pretty inconsistent. Have we found out if they like painted a tank or something? Is there is that, has that happened again they're, this they're, season? They got to be doing something, man. They got voodoo dolls or whatever. <laughs> well done, Atalanta.
All right, now we're on the second segment. We got middle of the pack teams. I'm gonna start with Torino, who's got 16 points. They've had a tough string of results here. They're the first of three teams with 16 points in the middle of the table. So guys, of the 16 pointer teams, who do you see going up? Who do you see going down? Starting with Torino. I mean, the, the question is for me is, what the hell is going on with Torino, right? I mean, here's the raging bull beating teams left and right, beating Roma. You got the Roma players, you know, treason on all freaking accounts. And now you got Torino just like losing a couple games. They tie against uh, OTFR, then they lose against uh, Inter, and then they tie against Udinese. Who is this team, Tad? I mean, like, and the big thing too is, you know, they get Joe Hart. So they get like the blockbuster you know, uh, signing, not in terms of like how great the player is, but it's the first English goalkeeper there uh, in, in, you know, Syria history. Uh, you know, they have the star-studded cast. They got two hot Italians in Belotti and uh, Benassi. And like, you know, Belotti the Gallo, like sooner or later he's killing it now, but sooner or later somebody's going to shoot that rooster and, uh, you know, bring him down back to earth and, and figure out what's going on. Or he, you know, pulls a hamstring Pretty or something Pretty soon like the that. turkey vulture is going to come and kill the rooster. Who's the turkey vulture? Somebody. Is that, is that, is that Riff Raff? <laughs> <laughs> well, Belotti just, uh, they, they put out airs for him, right? With uh, um, signing a $60 million, $60 million release clause or something like that. So they're hoping to get some money out of him, the rooster. They're hyping him up. But speaking of transfer rumors, you know, I think uh, we need to quell some rumors here. Because uh, Joe Hart uh, came out th- earlier this week uh, and he said, hey guys, just uh, just so we know, put some water on this fire. The the rumor that has been started, maybe maybe by our very own Chris, uh, he, about him going back to Man City. Uh, yeah, he's had some mixed results. I don't know if he's if he's so comfortable. Maybe a little too much sunlight in Italy, but uh, he's saying for now he's staying put. Yeah, once once he gets that uh, get, what gets the the skin treatment on all those sunburns, he realizes that's not the end of the world, um, and, and can play out in that in that Italian heat. Um, you know, Torino's got to figure it out. They can't rely on Iago Falke, and they can't rely on Jajic. These are guys that have proven to be slightly better than pedestrian uh, Serie A players. And I think that they really got to look out for the other 16 team, the team of 16 points, which is Fiorentina, because Fiorentina's really picking it up. Yeah. Kalinic has gotten five goals, and he's getting going. Bernadeschi uh, is getting going, um, and they look like they might be adding some players in the transfer window, looking to make a run themselves. You know, where, Tor- where Torino is stumbling, Fiorentina's picking up. I don't buy that for Fiorentina. Souza's uh, the head coach is week to week. Honestly, a lot of rumblings after they tied Crotone is just uh, an embarrassment. I definitely, I, I've never been hot on Fiorentina this year. Uh, I just don't think they have good enough players to really make a run at it. I, I think they're going down personally. Well, maybe if they get, you know, they, they, there's talks of the Croatian Badel just leaving, uh, like you know, like Tad was just saying about the transfers. But maybe Jacquerini comes in. Maybe we get rid of Iturbe and, and give him to to the Viola. <laughs> I don't know if that'll help them, but <laughs> Iturbe can Mighty go anywhere. Mouse. Yeah, I was gonna say. But, you know, honestly, Fiorentina is a good team. I think they got good players that, you know, are there's a high expectations of them. The fact that they're tied with Torino, they're probably happy with that, you know. But they got Cagliari on their tails right now. Yeah, Cagliari, though, I mean, I want to be high on them. And I look at the table and I'm shocked that they're ninth with 16 points. Because it seems like every other game I'm watching, they're getting waxed. 
You know, I mean, they, 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 this game, uh, when they beat Palermo just today, I mean, they get smoked by Lazio. Smoked. I got to put a quarter in the swear jar right there. They get smoked by Team Voldemort. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it, 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 to beat Palermo, they have to have their backup defensive mid, uh, Desena, score two goals. Like, when is he ever going to score two goals again? So they're able to scrap out, like, a victory after a loss, but I, I feel that, like, they're just going to start get hammered pretty soon, and we're going to see them go back down towards the relegation zone. You know, with Playboy, Marco Boriello, and Marco Sao, you know, the Marco, t- Team Mark brother. Marco squared. You know, with those two players, you, you're expecting them to, uh, you know, pull some results against some of the lesser teams. Uh, they're hot in the middle of the pack right now, or the top of the middle of the they're pack. They're nine by being scrappy. That's and right. That, and that and a, and a nickel gets you a cup of coffee, man. Um, they got to be ecstatic at nine, but... I'm just there. I'm not convinced, man. I mean, they, there's teams behind them, which we'll talk about moving up. That I think is just is just going to is, is going to jump them. You think the donkeys are going to hop over them? I oh, hope so. Yeah, the donkeys. Yeah, we'll start with Genoa first. Uh, <laughs> uh, in week ten, they get an epic win against Milan right after Milan beat Juventus, but then they come back and get smoked themselves three uh, nothing by Atalanta, the surprise uh, team up up at the top of the table. So start there, guys, with the 15-point uh, team of Genoa. What are your thoughts with them? Right right there, going to move up middle of the table? Hey, man, you know, like, the re- they, they, they beat Milan 3-0. Everyone's like, you know, here comes the Kingslayers. Uh, and then they lose to Atalanta. Just to goes to show you another one of those teams that, you know, how the heck are they in, f- you know, how the heck do they have 15 points, Dad? Genoa can't score. I mean, they scored three against Milan. Even even the sun shines on a dog's booty every once in a while. Um, you know, they win at home and they win with a, with a good game plan. But outside of that, what they've scored one, two, three, three goals the entire season. So they match their season total. <laughs> and they have fifteen points. What's what's going on? Because they're a Serie A team that can win. You know, they 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 get zero zero draws and can you know beat Bologna one zero. They're uninspiring. And again, this is a team that plays that old school Italian way where they're just going to try to possess the ball as much as they can, play keep away, get teams tired, work from the backup. Riff Raff is no superstar, even though apparently he is one heck of a rapper um, in Uruguay. So it's the Uruguayan <laughs> dialect, something like that. Um, but no, I mean, 15 points, man, they got to be happy with that. They had a great photo on uh, Instagram with, uh, with Genoa and, and Laxalt, Riff Raff. Like in khakis and a white shirt, and then full party up on top with uh, the dreadlocks. That that is the Florida spring break look. Yeah, right is there. it exactly. dreadlocks or cornrows? It's rose, baby. Yeah, it's rose. Yeah, you're right, cornrows. So you guys think that Kievel is about to uh, to overtake him? I mean, I think I know that Chris really loves Kievel. I do, but uh, Kievo has uh, found themselves in the annals of history here. Uh, <laughs> that uh, they 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 are the first team. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Crotone later on, but. Crotone beats Chievo in in uh, week eleven here, and uh, you know I you're just killing me, Chievo, because I do think they're a good team. I mean, a few weeks ago when they uh, played Milan, like that would have been a game changer, and then honestly they could have been in the top three four spot just as easy as Milan is right now. But they get a couple bad results here in, in the recent weeks. The the top of the the, the crap pile being uh, losing to Crotone here. 
and um, drawing Empoli. But apparently anybody can draw Empoli. Yeah, right. Days. Including the second place team. Exactly right. No, I mean, yeah, we got to eat some crow on this because they've definitely come back down to earth. You know, they draw Bologna, they they lose to Crotone, they draw Empoli, and they get beat by Milan. Granted, when Milan's flying high, but it seems that they were kind of a like a like a, a padding game for Milan to start their streak. Um, they they're just too top heavy. They have they have two, three, four good, two really good players, good, better than average to good players, and then the rest of them are pretty pedestrian. And they're definitely coming back down to earth. One uh, one player I had to mention in watching the highlights, Floro Flores. Oh yes, has the gone flower boy. He he's gone full Brian Bosworth here, also <laughs> known as the Boz, and gone with a mullet, shaving his sides and then leaving the top long. Oh, and I haven't seen that. We got to throw a picture of yeah, that on Twitter. It or something, is man. That, with, oh man. Yep, complete Boz for for the people who who don't know college football. Uh, Boz is in some Kia commercials. Uh, yeah, he's he's a guy with with uh, with Bo Jackson, with the Bo tech Jackson. mobile. Keep, yeah. Oh no, man, Floro Flores. I'm I, I'm sorry. I'm back on the donkeys. The donkeys, man. <laughs> I'm getting a jersey. <laughs> Fly high donkeys. All right. So there's uh, Kievo. Now let's go to uh, the days of our lives, uh, the, the soap opera that is Inter Milan uh, with 14 points here. They, got, uh, they beat Torino midweek, uh, which was good. But then they followed up uh, losing to Sampdoria. The, the two key characters, I'd say, in this, uh, in this melodrama is DeBoer and Icardi. Guys, what do you think of uh, Inter right now? Talked about it earlier, Icardi, you know, getting a couple goals early in the week. But like the fans said earlier on, they weren't going to cheer for Icardi. They were always going to cheer for 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 well, uh, Inter. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 put all the melodrama aside. Icardi scored a brace the first game and was awful against Sampdoria. Right. Where is Icardi in terms of the top players in the Serie A? Where would you fit him in? Would you say he's top ten, top five, top fifteen? Isn't he the third highest goal scorer in the league right yeah, now? He's yeah, he's the third highest goal scorer in the league with all this drama around him. Is is he a top five Serie A player or a top five Serie A? Stri- he has to be a top five Serie A striker. I mean, like, it, 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 hopefully, hopefully they don't blow it with him because this guy is a star. He's twenty three years old. He's just coming into his own. This guy could be your banner waving player for the next ten years. I say Icardi, hot take. You got it from me. Top five striker in the Serie, top ten player. But but you're you think you can divorce the uh, you know the team? I mean, he's a captain. The ultras don't like him. You know what you do? You what? fire the coach. Yeah. <laughs> you shake it up. That's the only way to get people's mind off of, of the past. Exactly. You shake it off. You you fire the coach. You bring in someone big. Who are they talking about? They're talking about. I think they were Pioli, saying Pioli, Villaboas, Villas Boas. They were talking about Simeone maybe next season. You know, mm-hmm. we were. They were probably thinking, you know, maybe De Boer can at least hang on for a little bit. But I'm thinking at this point, oh, he's trash. January time. Well, yeah, we got breaking news here. Well, De Boer is presumably going to get canned tomorrow uh, in uh, in Syria. So, you know, as of Wednesday, we'll we'll, we'll definitely know. But looks like that is the move that Inter is going to make here. De Boer's out and. I think to Marco's point, you can't fire the team, so you fire the coach. That's what happens. You got to keep you got to keep talent over an unproven Serie A coach. That's it. And it's interesting between like Milan and Inter. The beginning of the season, Milan was was the was the team that um, had nothing going for them, and they're flying high. And Inter was the team that you know signed all these great players. Yeah, they have a new coach, but maybe they can pull through. They're an absolute free fall. They're a bad team. Yeah. They are. They've had a couple of good wins, but they're a bad team. You got to fire them and bring in one of these one of these 
two other coaches. I mean, Simeone, come on. How, how is he going to leave Atletico Madrid to come to Inter? Inter at the has end of the, the season players. because he used to play at Inter. Yeah, and he's had a, tons of nice things to say about Inter in the past, but like he's rocking it in that league. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. That's why he doesn't come in January. So, but I, I mean, out of this, so, so if Simeone is coming or not coming, or these two guys right here, where would you rank this Inter job? Is it still a top job in world soccer? Always, because of the history, uh, because of the rivalries. You know, they got to pay well. Yeah, it's always gonna. They're always gonna have uh, the Milan Stadium. They're always gonna have the rivalry against Juve and e- and Roma and Milan. So, well, look at this, like look at Liverpool. Like Liverpool yeah. hasn't won anything since two thousand and five. They've never won the league title in the EPL era. It's like the Lakers, they, man. Yeah, they can still get Jurgen Klopp. Um, I think it, you. I think you got to go for a big splash with a guy like Simeone, but I just really don't see him coming. But I still think it's a top job. Yeah, I, it's a major Italian city. You're going to get a big, big name to a major Italian city. Easy as that. I find it interesting with Inter. It seems to be scaring people away that you know, with the new ownership, Chinese ownership, that like that's that's AC Milan. But but doesn't Inter have Inter uh, foreign? Chinese. Oh yeah, no, no, so they, they have the, the they have foreign owners. Yeah, if the, it's not Chinese, well, they have Thorher. Thorher. Yeah, Tohir. Yeah, I think he's uh, Thai. He's Indonesian. Malaysian. Malaysian. So just it, it, that seems to be. Hey, that's a, that's a great trivia question for anybody uh, uh, out there. Is, olive oil. We didn't talk about olive oil today. <laughs> um, but but I just heard, uh, and you know, I don't know if it's true or not. But but it seems to be that uh, um, you know, foreign ownership, the, at least the Italians, seem to hesitate at that uh, more so than they have in the past. So maybe that's an issue with Inter. Um, you know, keeping good coaches away. I hope that's not true. Because I, don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. Interest tons of money. And again, I really applaud the decision by going with talent. But a lot of it is DeBoer totally fumbled that whole thing. He's gone. Let's see who comes in. Um, I think Icardi's going to move on by winter break. That, that's what I think. We'll, we'll find out. I think he's still week to week. But let's move on. We got Udinese just one. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Udinese also with 14 points. Uh, right there with Inter. Crazy to say that. Um, that's all, that's as much as uh, these two teams have. Uh, week 10, you got a 1-3 uh, to three win against Palermo. No shocker there. Palermo down in the basement. And then week 11, coming back. Uh, this happened today, actually, with a 2-2 tie to Torino. Um, good game, I guess, but uh, we, we were making fun of Udinese and, and some of their uh, coaches' uh, um Formal wear uh, decisions, but is, is Udinese coming back uh, here with, with new leadership? Yeah, you know, they have some performance right now. They're, they're getting some great performances out of Duvan Sabata, the man-child. And, uh, you know, Cyril, Cyril Tero. Cyril, man, that's, that's, that's good. it's a good Irish name. And Cyril Tero, or wasn't he Henry David He's Tero? He's Henry David Tero, yes. If they're you got pull- a last name like that. They're beating the crap teams in Serie A. They're not really doing anything more than that. You know, they're kind of like Sampdoria, who's, uh, you know, in the bottom part of the table, but, you know, still at 14 points. Just, again, just just beating the teams under them, but not ever showing that that, that they have that next level oomph. Yeah, they're, they're riding high off a couple of things, but I agree with you, Marco. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Ireland's Four Courts. Ireland's Four Courts is one of Washington, D.C. metro area's leading soccer pubs. They open up as early as 6 a.m. They have games on DVR by request. They show games from all the major leagues. They have drink specials, food specials. It's an awesome place. It's also home to Curva D.C., AS Roma's official supporters club in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, big shout out to David and all the boys and girls at Ireland's Four Courts. Definitely check them out if you're around town for a game. All right, let's just jump right into it uh, with with Sampdoria. There, uh, they also have 14 points. Um, any thoughts on them? They got Muriel, babyface killer. You know that you'd expect that, that him and Quagliarella would be able to uh, at least put some goals and and keep them afloat. And that's why that they're at the top of our bottom of the table segment here because they do still have some quality players. Hopefully, they don't get injured because then they'd really be in trouble. I, I noticed something in the Sampdoria game with the highlights with Inter. Um, they looked so much more loose than Inter did in the game. Like they just looked like they were having fun. And then you look at the results and like you're you're in 14th place. You're only a few points. You're seven points above uh, the relegation zone here with like really being into it. And you're playing happy. You know it's just so interesting with Inter, who you know was also down there. That the the difference of of how the game was played. Uh, you know, Sampdoria look like they're having fun. Qualiorella and, and Muriel. I guess you got to come loose after you just get absolutely culo blasted 4-1 to one by uh, Juventus in the midweek. Um, Sampdoria, guys, I mean, this team is... it's If Luis Muriel plays well, they play okay. Yeah. But, like, you know, they, they draw Pescara, they draw Palermo, they get beat by Cagliari, they get beat by Bologna, um, they get, uh, uh, you know, beat by Milan, they get beat by, by Roma. You know, they're about right where, they, where they're going to be. Barring, you know, let's say Theo Walcott being like, you know what, I'm done with this English League stuff and I'm going to go down and score goals in the Serie A. And I hear Genoa is wonderful this time of year. You know, they're not going to really add much to the transfer window. Maybe he comes down because he sees the jerseys. Those jerseys are slick. Yeah, those jerseys are fresh to the death. They're, they're, the, the Italian Iron Man jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they, they have coming up, they got Fiorentina, they got Sassuolo. Sassuolo could see a Berardi return at that point. Um, and then they got Crotone, and Crotone is no joke now, son. You That's see right. them these days? Woo, rocking that 2-0 victory. Got three points. Yeah, I don't see much from Samp. All right, so moving right back on, uh, we got Bologna, just one point behind Samp with uh, 13 points. Bologna doesn't have a single win in their six past games. In, in week 10, they tied with Chievo, the Flying Donkeys. And then week 11, they lose to Fiorentina by one, one nothing. Thoughts with Bologna, guys? How are they? Yeah, they lost to Fiorentina, one nothing, but a couple mega saves from goalie Da Costa uh, almost had the PK. Look. You know, Bologna is one of those teams, like, you look at their stadium, right? I know Chris said that it looked nice last week, but, you know, look at the field. Looks like it's got freaking sinkholes in it. It looks like it's, you know, going to open up in the middle, and, uh, you know, the the whole thing's going to go under, just like the latest Batman movie. Did you guys see that one? Oh, snap. Did you guys see that one? (laughs) No, no one saw that one, man. That's a pretty obscure reference right there. (laughs) I mean, you even have the Marco with this obscure film, the cinematic reference right there. Black and white film here? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, who is in that? Charlie Chapman? Is he, <laughs> is, he, is he Batman? You even have the local paper, Irreso de Carlino, calling out Destro and saying, come on, man, get up. I know you're injured. Get up and get on the pitch. I mean, guys, they just got him injured, Viviani, Torosidis, and Verdi all injured, all the players that we like watching on Bologna. Yeah, Bologna, there is some rumors that they're going to add Michael Bradley in the transfer window. Um, our very own Fabio asked him in person um, at the at the at the DC Adults Airport. 
Um, and he said, hey, you never know. Um, and as much as I would like to see Megamind, you know, back in the Serie A so we can cheer on an American there, he's not going to be enough to turn around Bologna's hopes, especially when their best players are hurt. Um, Bologna has Roma, which Roma's got to be looking, chomping at the bit to get back at that one. Then they have Palermo, and then they got to play, you know, streaking Atalanta. It's going to be really tough for this team to do anything with that level of injury. All right. Well, let's jump into uh, Sassuolo, which is uh, also a 13-point team. And as far as this podcast is concerned, I'd say we've been hyping them pretty pretty well throughout the earlier part of the season. Commentator's un- curse. Un- underachieving. Uh, they've dropped all six points uh, for Week 10 and Week 11. And they only scored two goals, one from Cannavaro, a defensive player, and a late one in a garbage time. Uh, DeFrel got one uh, as well. Yeah, they, they, scored, they scored two goals this past week. Paolo Cannavaro, the other Cannavaro, yes. um, you know, gets a header. He's not going to score any more goals this season. You got, you can't think that would been that would have been a goose egg for him without that play. Looks like a butcher. <laughs> and uh, Defrel, you know, has kind of went away. He scored on his own talent. It was again in garbage time. Um, you know, where is this team going to get their goals from? I mean, even if Berardi comes back, it seems like that he's not going to make the difference. This is a team that's plummeting. Politano is really good. Yeah, though. Politano is really good. Fair play. Um, but, you know, they, they really need to find a way because, I mean, DeFrancesco, yeah, we love him. He's a Roman. He's a great coach. But this is a guy that's been fired and rehired by, by Sassuolo in the past. And right now you got to look at this team and be like, you, we were the – I mean, three weeks ago there was articles written, you know, in the American press chronicling this great story that is Sassuolo. Now they're floundering at the bottom of the table and have absolutely no answer for anything. Trash. On a positive note, did you guys see uh... – Totti and, and Di Francesco hugging at the... We didn't talk about Totti today, but... Oh. I know. Did you that's, see that's what, segment at What the kind end. of podcast <laughs> is this? Did you see them hugging at the end? It was just funny. You saw Totti like, look at this guy who basically looked younger than him, but we know it was older. And it's like, man, that's how you know Totti's just been playing too long. <laughs> Not too long. Lo- very long. <laughs> he, he remembered when he used to babysit Di Francesco when Di Francesco <laughs> yeah, right. was a kid? Yeah. <laughs> Well, all right. For the the narrow verde, uh, got to turn it around. For, for we're we're pulling for you because thirteen points just doesn't belong. Chris, is it garbage time? It looks like we are about to go down to garbage time. Yes, we have. It's this Sunday. Is it Sunday night? The bottom of the bottom, and we're gonna start with Pescara, who although we're gonna talk about uh, s- some points here. Shout out on the uniform watch here. Uh, they kind of went with an Argentina style uh, uh, this this in week eleven. Really liked them. I, I thought they were pretty sharp looking. Yeah, so, we'll keep, we'll keep it in the collection. Pescara. Yeah. Yep. Nine uh, game winless streak. Yeah, just a tough. <laughs> Might tough as well time. look good. <laughs> Might as well look good. Well said. You got a week ten loss to Atlanta, and then Milan comes and and barely squeaks by, but but does beat them one nothing. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, any highlights for Pescara, the beginning of the basement here? Well, P- Pescara is one of those teams that's like a Genoa that really tries to like hold on to a, a 0-0 draw, but they just don't have the talent. The floodgates open. You know, uh, Nicky's cousin. Ray, Ray Ray. Yeah, I mean, he can't. You can't expect him to be the guy that's gonna gonna come through. I mean, I don't care how many who times else? his, his would cousin through? is is on. What's she on? Uh, Bose commercial. Oh no, she's on the, the wireless uh, Apple commercials these I don't days. Even know that one. Looking fine, son. Yeah. Looking fine. Um, 
but no, I mean, the most interesting thing about um, about Pescara is Massimo Odo, their coach, yeah. or, or as or as uh, uh, Chris likes to call him, as he's blowing water out of his dorsal fin, the head dolphin trainer at SeaWorld. That's um, right. He was on Instagram, wasn't he? He was on Instagram. He was looking fly. He was laying back on a chair, looking fresh, and he's egging his team on. And he was like, no, he wasn't egging his team on. He was egging the fans on. And he said, guys, next week, Empoli. Game of the week, seven <laughs> points. We're trying to get 10 points. Guys, we need every fan at the stadium. This is the championship. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we getting them hyped for the Empoli game. Well, I guess we have... Chris um, over here like, what about Crotone? Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess Odo has picked our game of the week for next week. It's yeah, going right. to be Empoli, Pescara. Yeah. We'll hang our hats on that one. Like, what, are you going to give the tickets away? Right. Like, I think you got to throw in like a Cronetto, a Cronetto and a cafe you yeah. know, to be able to get them there. Maybe some Borghetti outside the stadium. Something like that. I mean, I can't... I don't know if I'd cross the street for an Empoli-Pescara game. Yeah. One uh, one highlight for this game, uh, Mamushaj or Memushaj. I, I don't know how Mamushka. to say. Yeah, yeah uh, Adam's family. You know, it's, he it's, he had a couple good Halloween. shots for for Pescara here, and he did kind of look like a mummy in this game because he had some kind of head bandage. Um, but that was you know one positive thing. Bizarre, we said during the Milan section, uh, he had a good game. But what what is up with what is up with the the this just the european soccer headdress wound thing yeah where they bring some dude out there like no matter how hot it is the trainer in like a puffer coat and a hood and he comes and just like wraps some dude's head and sprays some spray on it and that dude apparently rocks that game that rocks that look like the head bandage like i think yeah. like skirtle had that look for like three seasons yeah. almost so like if, if somebody touches your forehead you gotta you know you gotta you gotta come out there with the with the athletic tape and the bandage wrap it's yeah. just it's just too comical it's they're, classic they're uh that, that maybe that's their concussion protocol just just wrap it in bandages <laughs> <laughs> all right so there's uh piscar looking forward to their game of the week next uh week um massimo odo we'll take those free tickets if you want to send them this way yeah. no cafe and cornetto required yes. <laughs> just just some pescara uh terzo jerseys yeah all right, so Empoli's up next, and they have seven points, just streaking out one point per game. Oh, they're on fire. Yeah, one point every week, getting through it, finally getting up to seven. And still only have seven points. Yeah. Um, Got to say about them, uh, Just we, we talked about them with Roma getting a result, uh, and Skorupski, he's the story, right? I mean, he was unbelievable in this game for Week 11. Yeah, apparently, just continuing on the streak, if you used to play for Roma and you're a field player, you have to score against them. With the goalies, you just got to be you noise. Just, yeah, just have you to just be a brick wall. Noise. Yep. So that's kind of it. Uh, beautiful Tuscany uh, with seven points. Skrupski, though, is definitely increasing his value. Um, I think that you know he's on, he's on the loan. Um, loan I, watch. I, I, I highly doubt. I mean, what, what's the likelihood that he comes back to Roma next season after being on loan and plays, no. especially after picking up Ali Son? He picked up Ali Son, yeah. So, I mean, is, is, he, is he, are we going to sell him or, or, or are we going to probably loan him out to somebody else again? Because he's, he's I mean, obviously he has his work cut out for him. He gets a thousand shots on him a game. Um, you know, where do you think his value is at? I think that, you know, he's going to stay the rest of the season uh, because people are going to be like, okay, you play on a garbage team. 
and yeah, dude, you're Oscar gonna... the Grouch is popping out of the, this would be their mascot. And uh, yeah, I mean, you obviously see a ton of shots, and you're a professional goalkeeper, so you know it's like in fantasy, you get the goalkeeper that gets shot on the most because uh, he's going to give you the most points. It's just it's same same kind of uh, you know same same type of thing with with Skodopsky. He's He's getting a lot of shots, and so inevitably he's going to make some highlight saves and have some highlight moments. Yeah, I, I think uh, I could see Skorupski moving on. And speaking of moving on, let's jump to Palermo, who at least this week uh, is the worst team in Serie A because we're going to finish with Crotone. But Palermo, yet again, continues to lose. They lost today uh, against Cagliari. Um, one, yeah. Yeah. So gave up, gave up two goals to a defender. Yeah, uh, and I think probably the biggest story is Palermo is Deserbi has kept his job through 11 weeks, which is some kind of record. Um, any other thoughts with Palermo? Nesterowski scores sometimes. He does score sometimes, yeah. I think that the croutons are about to hop over them pretty soon. Yeah, so let's finish with uh, with with a bang here with Crotone. Still partying in Calabria. Stadio Ezio Shidia. First three points in Serie A ever. Chris, mark put your, put it in your, pants your on, calendar. <laughs> Enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, honestly, until the final whistle blew, didn't believe it because they had a game against Sassuolo that broke uh, my fellow Patagarici's hearts. Uh, and then also with Fiorentina, they got a, a late goal uh, in uh, midweek. Uh, Fiorentina 1 1. Falcinelli gets one in this game. He's a lead scorer uh, for Crotone, and they suddenly have five points. A big point being uh, for them, another win, and they are legitimately potentially out of the relegation zone, which I know is a tall order, but hey, they just had two results in a row. One game at a time, man. Forza Pitagorica, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, just, I just have one thing to say about Crotone. Hmm. We're going to give him a little, little love. Yeah. Crotone. Yeah. That's Three nice. points, Crotone. That's nice. First ever Serie A win. All right. All right. That's enough of that. That's Congratulations, enough. Crotone. Well done. Happy for him. Uh, continue the party uh, down in Calabria. Well done. So that's it, guys. Uh, that is the table doing 20 games and 20 teams. What do you guys think about going back to the other format? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. So there's the table. We're going to talk about ind- individual efforts now uh, just for a little bit. Standout players, who do you guys have? We'll do both weeks. Weeks 10 and 11, who really stood out for you? I'm 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 always gonna go with Chubby G in this on this one because oh uh, he's he's been losing all the way he's just chubby he's now not he's fat just widget. chubby man <laughs> he's just chubby scoring all these goals dude did you see Cali Hone trying to dispossess Iguain in this game it was like a giant and then like Spanish Peter Parker before he got bit by a radioactive spider like he just yeah fat boy G just dunks him on the ground. I'm not gonna give it to him because he scored the game-winning goal against Napoli. That's too obvious. I'm gonna give it to him because he didn't celebrate the goal. Oh, punks! Right. There we go. Full Back circle. to that. Back um, to that. For me, I gotta go. Uh, Chiri Immobile. Um, he's been absolutely on fire. I know that Jekyll got a brace um, in the uh, 
in the, in the midweek game, um, but then wasn't able to put one in in the uh, uh, in the game against Empoli. I'm super bitter about only getting one point against Empoli. Immobile does it across all games. Is absolutely on fire um, right now. Again, I know I've said it a bunch of times, but definitely the best value um, in the whole transfer window. I'd go uh, with Skorupski. Uh That would have been a huge result for Roma, being uh, only would have been one point behind. Uh, Look at Juve. that, Chris giving the goaltender of Empoli some yeah, love right goal, there. Goalkeepers sticking together, but um, I mean, absolutely standing on his head. I, I counted about like eight or nine saves that really, legitimately should have been goals. So mine's uh, to Skorupski. I think we got to throw a um, a honorable mention out to Kalinich. He continues to be hot, scoring four goals this week. And Henry David Thoreau, <laughs> out of nowhere. Henry David Cyril Thoreau. Uh, HDT? HDT. H- HDCT. Henry David Cyril Th- Thoreau. Uh. That's what we're going to do. HDCT. Is it, that's, that sounds like a clothing company that sells ca- skater clothing. But anyways, or, or, or like a, a German um, television manufacturer. Anyways, he has four goals now. Um, he was able to add three this week. An excellent week for him. All right, how about uh, games to watch? We got uh, week 12 coming up here uh, at, at the, for next weekend. Guys, what are you looking for for the Serie A games? Guys, Empoli, Pescara, <laughs> that's the one to watch. I mean, Set your DVRs. Like, you know, there, there are people are talking about El Clasico, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona. I'm telling them about this game. You know, seven points. <laughs> that's seven points. First team to go to ten points there—that's a game changer. Uh, Napoli uh, UTF uh, OTFR um, has to be uh, probably the most important game. I think that Napoli, like I said earlier, is going to come in with a huge chip on their shoulder. OTFR um, is going to be obviously flying high, gunning with scoring the goals. But I think that the back line of Napoli has a little something, something for them. Yeah, and then Torino Cagliari is a big game because they're both uh, you know middle of the table, but you know. On, looking on to the European stage, and so whoever wins that game uh, are putting themselves in good position for yeah. If for Calgary a run. can get, get a result in that game, it could put them back on track. Um, so far, they've shown that they can beat the better teams. Torino, we think, is going to be a better team, but who knows? We'll have to leave it on the field. You guys are both wrong this week. Crotone is playing Inter Milan at 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. What 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 a coup would that be? Unbelievable! If, if, if Tritone <laughs> pulls that off, oh my god! Uh, looking forward to that hundred yeah. percent. A Falcinelli hat trick is, yes. that, is that what we're yes. going for? Icardi goes off with a red card, something along those lines. Keeping along these lines, two guys for going to the next week. Who's the player that you're really looking for to make an impact in next week's fixtures? I th- so I think uh, Immobile. I know we talked about him being one of the players of the week this week, but big game against Napoli. Uh, OTFR, if they beat Napoli, they'll be disproving us, you know, to a certain extent because then they would not just be riding the wave. They'd be pretty, they'd be legitimizing themselves if they beat Napoli at home. So I think if Immobile comes through, scores a couple goals in his home city, I think that they're going to be in a, in a much better position moving forward. I'd see uh, DeFrell. Let's see. Uh, um, they have a game against Atalanta. He seemed to come alive. He got a goal this uh, past week in Week 11. Uh, maybe he keeps it going and he he's, starts playing. He's got the talent to do it by himself. Yep. Um, for me, uh, I got to go with Mauri Cardi. Um, the, the team's in flux right now. Um, it's a great story for him. To, you know, He's the captain. He's had the row with the fans. They just fired their coach. They're going to be a team in flux. 
Um, they're a team that absolutely has to win. And Crotone, I'm sorry, Chris, they're still a patsy, even though they were able to clip some donkey wings this past weekend. <laughs> I think if he can come in, have a huge game um, against Crotone with some great service from Candreva, Benega, and uh, Joe Mario, he nets a brace. He he takes uh, hits to the top of, of the goal-scoring ranks and um, is really going to start to turn around for Inter. All right, so there's Serie A, the players, and the games to watch. But, of course, we've got our midweek games for Champions and Europa. So we're going to run through those real quick. What can we look forward to for the Europe tournaments, Marco? Besiktas, Napoli, Juventus, Lyon in the Champions League. Again, Napoli and Juventus in good positions right now in their respective groups, and we're looking forward to those teams moving forward to the knockout stage. They got to maintain. Juventus has a deep enough team. I think that they could take three more points in this one and just be firm in control. That's it. Uh, I think Austria Vienna versus Roma. Roma needs to prove themselves. Uh, they let them get back three three in the last game in Rome, uh, but Roma was the better team. I think that they can take care of Vienna, even if it's at Vienna. Please don't let this be Porto Part Two. Fiorentina, Liberic, uh, and Sassuolo Rapid Vienna, guys. You know, I think that we have the better teams in these situations. Uh, just a matter of performing and and you know just being consistent with some of the results. Uh, and then Southampton Inter is probably the the game of the week for uh, Europa League. Uh, in terms of the Italian teams, it's in Southampton. I think they're going to have a nice turnout over there, a great atmosphere. And I think that Inter is going to grab one, Icardi. He's going to score a hat trick. Trying to steal my thunder there. It's going to be tough because, again, they're in that. <laughs> Marco with the hot takes. Is that the hot takes, hot takes dance? Um, yeah, it's going to be a team in flux. Inter, absolute must win. All right, that'll do it for this week. Uh, we Got want to remind you guys of social media, Tad. Yeah, guys. Um, again, we changed, tried a new format today, Try to be a little bit more free-flowing. Um, we've really appreciate all of your guys' comments on Facebook, in, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Please keep hitting us up. We'd love to discuss your questions on the podcast as well, so feel free to tweet at us, DM us, write, write on our Facebook wall, anything like that. Also, you can reach us at Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. Um, really appreciate all the support you guys have given us so far. Keep it up. All right. Until next week, guys, we say... Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.